we got a beautiful show. We got some beautiful hosts. We got a beautiful game. We got taste. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest. And as a matter of fact, it's time to get it off our chests. Cricket, 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 cricket. Hello folks and welcome to a very special edition of County Cricket Natters. Yes, it's County Cricket Natters does the ashes. I am in a London basement recording in the immediate aftermath of England's two-wicket defeat to Australia in the first test. Yes, it's Sam Dalling here and I'm joined as ever by Annie Chave. Hey Annie, how are you? All right, thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, chucking it down in Exeter. Is it? Oh, I bet England wish it had chucked it down at Edgebaston all day in the end. <laughs> We're also delighted to be joined uh, by one of England's finest ever off spinners um, and just a general, well, a brilliant commentator, a brilliant writer and a lovely, lovely human being. Vic Marks, hello. How are you? Well, that's quite, I'm very well, Sam. I've cheered up by that introduction and um, mm. confirm it's raining in Exeter. Yes, also in Exeter. <laughs> uh, yes, of course, of course. You two are geographically close to each other, albeit we're doing this by power of the internet. Oh, Annie, I'll come to you first. Oh, what, what a test match. I mean, it had literally everything other than an England victory, but hats off to the Australians. They held in there, they held their nerve uh, mm. and they took a series lead. Yeah, I mean, it was a fantastic nail-biting, edge-of-the-seat edge test match, and, and you can't ask for more, can you? I mean, cricket was the winner, test match was a winner. Um, I I don't honestly think that Australia deserved to win, but um, that might be controversial. <laughs> but um, I think generally it, it was just a, a fantastic game and, and so many so many um ups and downs and just fa- just fabulous as, as test test cricket should be yes it's been a hotly anticipated series and sometimes those sporting events they just get hyped up and hyped up and the build up is so big and then they're just a, ugh, a big old letdown but this certainly wasn't vic you've watched and played so much more test cricket than annie and i i mean just a bit is more, this yeah. just a little bit more but... Just a little bit more. No, the bar is low. Um, but go on, your instant reaction to this. I mean, it's hard to put together five days worth in a couple of minutes, but please do try. Well, I mean, it was absolutely gripping. Um, and a great advert for Test cricket. Actually, I don't think an Ashes match has to be brilliantly entertaining to be absolutely gripping. Um, so I sometimes get a bit confused about England's priorities. Is it to entertain first and win second? I don't think it is, and I hope it isn't, because I'd rather have it the other way around. Um, but it was riveting stuff. I thought England were fantastic um, in the field today. Um, and it, at some point, you have to say that... Oh, I say two things. One is, I think this regime, the England regime, is brilliant. It's wonderful, a breath of fresh air. 
doesn't mean they can't be immune from some criticisms along the way, however. So there were moments, particularly early in the game, where I don't think I'm being that old pro-ish, where I thought, why has he done that? Or why is he doing this? Um, I thought today, in the field, England, on a flat pitch, where England create brilliant cricket matches in a way that's very unusual, is they make a brilliant cricket match on a very poor pitch. I think back to Islamabad, Raw Pindi. That was the worst test pitch I've ever seen and one of the best test matches I've ever seen because it was too dull, flat, absolutely flat. And actually, in another era, the groundsman at Edgbaston would have got a lot of criticism, a bit like happened at Trent Bridge a few years back because this pitch was so docile, so benign. I think Eng England was surprised by that. It spun a bit towards the end. And old-fashioned cricket would have produced, I think, one of the dullest draws you've ever seen on this surface. But England managed to circumvent that. So it was a wonderful game. Um, but the old pro of me still thinks, hang on a minute, we've just, we, we lost to New Zealand by one run, you know, about five months ago. I really wasn't at all bothered by that. But I don't like losing to the Aussies by almost the equivalent one run, two wickets. Um, and I, I'm not sure whether it was absolutely, uh, you know, we could have avoided that, I think. Go on. You know I have to push you a little bit harder <laughs> on that, Vic. Are we going well, back to the end of day one? First well, I know, yeah. I, I mean, I can only judge by what I was feeling at the time. And I do think there is a slight trap of England just occasionally. They don't need to do this. And you'll correct me if this is not the right term. But there's an element of virtue signalling, I think, sometimes with this England team. They don't need to tell us that they are Cavaliers and they play the most expansive, brilliant game. We know that. So no need to signal to it. So I have to give you my gut reaction on two little, two episodes. One was the declaration. I thought, why have they done that? They might have been bowled out, England, within the next two deliveries. But they might, given that... The Aussies were tied. The best batsman in the world, Joe Root, just about, was at the crease and Robinson was looking secure. They could easily have got another 50 runs, which might have been helpful. And then there were moments uh, in the Australian first innings where, I mean, I've been watching on the telly and Stokes is getting lauded to the skies, almost always correctly. But then I thought, what are they doing with this field for mowing? I know we got Travis Head out, keeping the field up, caught mid-wicket. But it got to a point where Kuwaja and I think Carey probably, every time, every time they wanted to hit Moen over the top, boom, four, six, they succeeded and looked as if they were going to succeed every time. And again, I thought this is, this is not good cricket. It's inflexible cricket. They should have protected Moen bowled really well in that first innings, given his build-up, I thought. And his figures don't necessarily suggest that because of a refusal to do what I thought as an old spinner as well was the logical thing. You have to accept sometimes that, hang on a minute, it, okay, we got Travis Head out in the end by keeping the field up. But this bloke is hitting me with such certainty that it is, and it, this is a good idea just to give myself a little bit of protection and stop that get out straight six that they keep hitting. Notice in the second innings, almost from the word go, there was a man back there in a very old fashioned position that I used to have, OBH. Um, <laughs> which is over the bowler's head, <laughs> uh, <laughs> when I was about 11. <laughs> um, but straight away, they were pragmatic 
uh, in a way that they weren't in the first thing. So I got frustrated on those two occasions. Do you think they were just being obstinate for... for well, I think there's an element of that because they are so principled. And I, I admire the way they play. Absolutely brilliant, this, mm. you know, ultra-aggressive way, particularly with the bat. Yeah. It's fantastic. But I thought they were doing Moen no favours mm. by persisting with this ultra-aggressive field uh, when it was not pragmatic, because it allowed Australia what became easy runs. So that was a frustration too. I thought, from, I mean, I, I I can cope with England's um, extravagant batting more easily than than those two things, the declaration and, and some of those field placements. But I mean, having, I'm not, I, I have to keep, you've got to be careful about criticising, it's like criticising David Attenborough. You can't really do it. <laughs> Um, so, they're not national treasures yet, you know. Well, they're pretty close, I think. And, <laughs> and you know, justifiably, they're not far off. But so I was frustrated at the time. And it's easier to, you know, obviously people say, well, they lost by two weeks, so you're getting grumpy. Um, but I was, I was thought, what are they doing there on both those occasions at some point when Moe was getting hit over his head all the time? And, and again, the declaration on what was a really obviously, I thought 400 was the, you know, just about got to par on that that surface anyway on the second on the second point it's interesting i would i was very lucky to have a half an hour chat with nathan lyon before the oh. world test series final actually lovely chat right this is a guy who's now what he's had 121 tests now i think he's half a dozen away from 500 mm. test wickets uh lords will actually be his 100th test match in a row like that is some wow. longevity from him and i asked him about that i said you know england do what they do this was at the time where Jack Leach was still expected to play a full part in the series. And I said, what are you going to do? And he said, mate, I've, you know, I've played 118 test matches, giving myself some cover. Why am I going to give, and I'm not going to change that now because England do it. Why am I giving the batters eight, 12 easy runs? And he explained it as, he said that in outfield for an off spinner, he, he actually drew the equivalent of it being the same as having a couple of slips and a gully for a quick bother. He's just like, that's my standard field. That is, why would I change that now? Well, actually, I mean, it's a fair point that, and but I think I saw a, a radical field for Lyon in that certainly the second innings. Uh, in this sense, in that I got a bit fed up. I've watched it all on telly, but whatever Stokes did was brilliant, and by and large, it, it often was brilliant, but not always. And whatever Cummins did was negative, defensive, and boring, and conservative. And then I watched Lyon bowl to a field it, when the game is not going away from Australia that I've never seen before, i.e. no slip, about four men on the boundary. And it's not a one-day game. This is in the middle of a test match, which is absolutely in the balance. And I thought, hang on a minute, this is good left-field thinking. And what happened? Joe Root got stumped. Johnny Bairstow was out reverse sweeping. Robinson holed out, and there was another wicket there. Well, that's pretty, you know, clever thinking, isn't it? So it's backing up what you said. Yeah, I mean, you know, you get swayed by, oh, you know, isn't this a magnificent field? But Lyon, yeah, no, I, I agree. It I, out. I think there's a little bit of a case of okay, Aussies have suddenly been put in this boring, negative, mm. um, normal yeah, yeah. kind of way of playing, and we've become this amazing new way of playing, and it's not never that simple mm. ever. So yeah. No, no. You're not. I mean, you're not I, saying the media have a narrative, are you? Either are you sure? No, no. Sorry. <laughs> One of the things that I found um, uh, certainly today, and and is that I think I think we have struggled a lot 
coming into the game with people that bowlers especially that aren't quite fit um you know anderson's not quite fit robinson's not quite fit stokes isn't quite fit and and trying to rely on on that is uh, has been tricky i think yeah yeah although it was a tough pitch to bowl on that for yeah, baseball. Yeah. it's like going out to the, it was a subcontinental pitch that uh, not dissimilar to some of the ones we saw in Pakistan. So it was not an easy task. I mean, Brawl was pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. They don't have that extra pace as well. He looked absolutely shot by the end, didn't he? Well, he, yeah. But, he, I mean, he was admirable. Uh, Broad, I mean, just fantastic. fantastic. He loves the theatre and it's, it's you know, he, he he does his talking, but he does his walking, doesn't he? And you've got to admire him. Yeah, there's um, something about him, Annie, isn't there? Like, I, I, I have to admit, Eight, ten years ago, I wasn't a big fan. I was a bit like, oh, he's a bit up himself. Um, he's matured. Did, did he? He's changed, hasn't he? Or maybe, maybe I've matured as well. I don't know. I don't think he probably cares what I think about him at all. But there's something or really matured, lovable. Sam. <laughs> Very true. But there's something lovable about him, Annie, isn't there? Yeah, I. It's the energy, and it's the it's the real um, desire to win, um, and and just that that real. Oh, he has that extra, extra little, mm. you know, X factor, I suppose it is, yeah. And the other thing about him that is incredible is that you look at his the ingredients of Stuart Broad, the fast bowler. He should never have taken 585 test wickets. He's not that quick. He doesn't swing it that much. Uh, and he's quite tall. I mean, how does this man get 500? <laughs> Jimmy, you can see there's a touch of genius with Jimmy when he's on song. Uh, but there's no genius with Broad, but he just wills them in a curious yeah, way. Yeah, he has those it's, spells, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. But he's, you know, he hasn't got all the best ingredients. He doesn't, he no one ever says when you pick the England's best ever team, oh, Stuart Broad is at number 10. Um, because he hasn't got that, those obvious, absolute star quality ingredients, which makes the fact that he gets 580 test wickets plus even more incredible. Well, it's what I always find is when he goes when he plays county cricket and he loves playing for knots and mm. he play he might play five or six games and you'd expect you know someone like Robinson if Robinson at the moment plays five or six games of county cricket there's three or four fivers he might run through a team and you very rarely get that with Broad in the county championship so it's just kind of remarkable how he makes that step up and yeah, he yeah. talk talk to me about what else was good for England I mean I know they lost the Test match Joe Root's hundred like yeah, didn't he bat I magnificently. Mean... I was going to say, Root, uh, I mean, all right, from the first ball, um, and Crawley's fantastic drive, um, let's, you know, it's kind of set the tone. Uh, Crawley batted well, um, but but really, I mean, Root's innings was was lovely to watch, and uh, a really... Uh, also, he he did so well bowling as well. He, he was an all-round, he was a definite... Um, big player and it was it was great to see so yeah just generally and Stokes I I mean like like uh Vic was saying I think uh Stokes made some fantastic captaincy um decisions you know and and some that were a little bit oh my god but but I thought today especially he captained really really well I really in, enjoyed seeing how he was in in the field and, and some of those decisions he made were just were just perfect and so I loved, you know, I, I'm, but there was always a smile on their face as well, and and you got got a real sense that they were all 
in it together. Yeah, yeah, I agree with yeah. that. They were up for it. I mean, it's mm. watching the telly. You see, actually, it's an amazing test match. And I suppose the real traditionists say, "Well, there's there's not enough mongrel out there. There's not enough needle." I mean, I mm. remember. I think yesterday there was a a review when Stokes and Moen were at the crease, and I can't remember which batsman, but one of them were they were being reviewed. So everyone's middling. The Aussies are middling around in a huddle waiting for the appropriate shot to come up on the screen. And then I looked up again, and there were Moen and Stokes in amongst the huddle, chatting away to the Aussies, <laughs> yes, just waiting right. for the outcome. I mean, it's not diminished by that. It's, I mean, it was played in this Aussie side, I think, is is, is a pretty amenable side. Yeah, it's well, gone Cummins through quite a transition. A really nice yeah, well, I think he is. I think he is. Mm. Uh, and I love the way, I mean, you could tell, even though when it was getting really tight this afternoon, uh, and not going quite so well towards the end. You could still sense that Stokes and all that team, they were they were relishing it as well. They obviously they'll be disappointed to lose, but they were right up for it. And it mm. was it, I mean, it was cricket at its best. There's one or two bits at the start. It might not have needed to have got quite to that situation, I'm thinking, but but there is this wonderful uh thing that McCullum has got through to them, is that you, you know, you're playing like you were school kids still. Just loving the game and these, how to inculcate that into top professional sport is phenomenal, mm-hmm. and I think I think the other sides respect that as well. Actually, they, you know that they are playing the game mm-hmm. at the moment. They seem to be playing the game because they love it, which is yeah. which is you know well, that's a come big step back down from the white ball team a little bit, hasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. How that they've been playing. So, yeah, I, but the things we had Aussie rattled. They, they, the Aussies rattled. They were rattled. Of course, you could yeah. See, you could see. I, I mean, see, certainly Carey's innings was bizarre and and totally. Well, fun. well, it was interesting. I mean, I <laughs> thought I could. You could tell what he was trying to do because the Aussies have been, you know, so wary and careful and grinding, and then Kawaja was dismissed, <laughs> and I think he made a, a rational decision, which is. If we keep grinding now, Kawaja's gone. We're not going to get there. And so he tried to up the tempo. And he, and he, it, it, well, obviously, Root was terrific. Uh, and eventually caught one of those fizzing caught in bowls. <laughs> but I think his approach was perfectly legitimate. I don't, I mean, I'm not sure he was rattled. I thought he, his attempt to change the tempo was appropriate because I think if they kept trying to grind once Kawaja wept, they were oh, going to yeah, lose. And Cummins, I mean, Cummins was brilliant with the bat in terms of, you know, grasping the nettle, taking a few risks and uh, getting that innings moving again. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, you've got to give them credit. Uh, Cummins is immensely impressive, I think, in his yes. way. He batted beautifully. Um, uh, all some of the criticisms he gets like off the field are uh, just mad. There's people calling him woke. I mean, people that use the word woke, they don't actually ever know what the word means. Um, it's not an insult at all. It's actually a compliment. I'm sure it's uh, not an insult in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It, it, be, it might be a, amongst a certain generation of yes. old Aussie cricketers occasionally, I think. I think, I think it, it <laughs> probably is. When Nathan Lyon, it's a perfect example of what you were talking about, when Nathan Lyon bopped Stuart Broad back over his head, uh, over mid on, Broad had been giving it everything. He did just smile and went, the camera panned to him and went, oh yeah, that was a good shot that. Um, <laughs> so it was that it was that fierce competitiveness without going over the top. Apart from there was a little bit of needle 
Ollie Robinson managed to get himself embroiled in a few little bits of needle. His comment that the Aussies had three number 11s uh, doesn't look so smart now when Nathan Lyon and Cummins <laughs> are still out there batting their Annie, does it? No, no, that's really, that's really poor. We should never do things like that. He doubled down, didn't he, in that press conference after he'd had a go at Kawaja, getting him out on 140. He did double down and he brought Ponting into it and Ponting had a shot back. Like, do we mind that kind of stuff or? I think by Ash's standards of the past, <laughs> uh, although, you know. It's I nothing, mean, it's, is it? <laughs> it's not the, um, I mean, the epic of not so long ago, the old um, uh, Smith and Bancroft press conference that, sort of purported to be defending Johnny Bairstow, but absolutely shredded him at the same time. <laughs> it's on a different level to... And I think, you know, Robinson's got a bit of mongrel in there, but uh, I, don't, I don't think anyone's bothered by that. No, I I don't think... Certainly not him. Uh, what do we... Actually, before we move on to what we do next, Vic, you're the perfect man, Reid, to talk about the off-spinners, because there was... We talked about Root. Um, we talked a little bit about Moeen, but that finger injury, like... What yeah. it's probably impossible for him to bomb. I mean, was it too big a risk to suddenly chuck him however many overs he bowled on the first day, having not played Rebel well, Green for two years? I suppose you don't think of that, do you? Because he, I mean, he has had this problem before, but obviously not, not in white ball cricket because he didn't bowl so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but he hasn't played any Red Bull cricket for so long that I don't suppose anyone was uh, saying, Hang on a minute, will Moen's finger survive until the test match got underway? Uh, I thought actually. He bowled pretty well in that first innings. Uh, I mean, he got he went for a lot of runs, but he kept getting hit back over his head for six. And as part of the off-spinners union, I have to inform you uh, that when you get straight driven back over your head, you've actually delivered a perfectly acceptable delivery, uh, which the batsman has run at and smacked you back over your head. It was, as I always used to say to my Somerset captain, Perfectly fine when it left my hands, Skip. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, Moen, I mean, he obviously struggled more and more as the match went on. But I thought, given the shock of being called up, he bowled perfectly well in that first innings, and his figures didn't actually back that up. Partly because of some of the fields he got set. However, I'm, you know, I whether whether you can start another test match with him in the knowledge that his fingers obviously split. I know there's about nine days or so before the next test. Um, I think they'll have to be thinking about uh, an alternative or if they turn up at Lords and there's a different sort of surface, it might be, uh, sorry, Joe, I know you're a busy man, but you're going to have to do a bit more bowling. Yeah, it's interesting, Annie. You talked about it at the top, isn't it? They didn't use Anderson at the back end of today's play, the final day. And in part, you could say, well, that's because the best two bowlers in the game for England were Broad and Robinson. So they were given that second new ball. But Robinson, like, keeping Seamus fit for, what is it, five tests in six weeks is going to be difficult. Mark Wood was sat there on the sidelines, point of difference. Stokes, you were fully fit Stokes is probably bowling at the end there, grabbing the ball and saying, yeah, yeah. I'm having a go. Um, like, are they tempted to make changes, Annie? I mean, you can change a losing side, you can change a winning side too, but would you be looking at any changes? Well, I think they, they definitely have to consider. I mean, one of the uh, options should be um, playing Wokes at Lords because he loves Lords. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that's just all, out, off the field. But, uh, Oh my! Uh, I don't know. I I think they will have to have real real consideration about fitness levels because uh, at 
Anderson's obviously not quite right at the moment. He had that um, problem a few games back. Um, he was playing Somerset, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, where he, he's been injured since then. And uh, he, he certainly didn't seem fully fit. And Robinson, yeah, he's... There wasn't Robinson. I mean, this was a flat pitch, and I'd, yeah. I'd be surprised. I mean, and he Stokes wanted flat pitches, and I understand why, but he wanted quicker pitches, so he said, and this was a slow flat pitch. Um, and I don't think England would want that pitch. It's hard to get 20 wickets. Well, I know Australia only had to get 18 anyway, but. It's hard to get twenty wickets on that on those sort of surfaces against bats when you want to stay in. So my guess is that they would hope for something a bit livelier at Lords. I think Mark Wood would might come into the frame if it if it's looks at all as if it's not going to spin. I think they could easily play Wood and then, as I say, ask Joe to do a lot more bowling, which gives them four seamers plus Root plus Stokes. Who as do you, you think point, they will do that? Well, it depends on the conditions. Mm. If they don't think it's going to turn, you had to play a proper spinner on this surface because it was very dry by all accounts. On the first day, it looked dry. If it's a bit more moisture and a bit greener and a bit looking more lively and not liable to turn, then I think um, they might like the extra pace of wood. And It'd be then, great to have wood in. And, and, you know, they might juggle around with Wokes and that. I mean, Wokes obviously adds to the batting and... Uh, Jimmy is probably not going to play all five and it might be a case for him. I don't know. They've got a bit of a time to regroup um, between this match and the second one. So that's the only thing I think England can change because I don't see how they can leave out any of their batsmen if they wanted to. You know, they could say, oh, we'll play Wokes as an extra, and, and drop a batsman, but I don't, I don't think they'll do that. Yeah, we haven't tackled the keeper. That was, no, well, that, that, yeah. that was my next question. Is that there will be people, you know, Bearstow had a decent game with the bat and a, an okay game with the gloves, but there were times that we you saw the value of not having a specialist keeper, particularly Carey, who was very, very good. It just yeah. kind of highlights some of the slight, and we are talking about slight inadequacies, but when you've got someone like Ben Folks waiting in the wings, who Stokes says is the best keeper in the world, to not pick him feels. It's a big call, isn't it? Yeah, but they've made it, I think. And uh, most of Bairstow's issues were standing up, um, I think. Um, you know, the misstumping of Green and a Nick. I don't. I'm not sure when we get to Lords, there'll be uh, whether we'll have a pitch that requires so much standing up. I don't know. So, but I think uh, having made that call, and Bairstow's obviously looked dangerous with the bat. I'd be very surprised if they changed tack. But obviously, he did miss two important chances. Uh, the, the killer was um, the stumping off Green before he'd scored. Um, but having made the decision, and this lot also, I mean, there are some virtue in this. Once they make a decision, they, they take some shifting. Uh, so I don't see them. They might talk about it, but I, I don't see how they, they would want to leave out Bairstow, the batsman who's so dangerous. Um, so I think they'll stick with it. I mean, how about you? Crawley did his, um, yeah, didn't do uh, too badly either, did he? So, <laughs> no, I <laughs> mean, be... it was a fantastic. I mean, I'm not sure the series will be remembered like this, but 
there are so many Ashes series that we remember from the first ball, which is, you know, yeah, the Harmison one, the Harmison one, and there were others way, way back where, you know, De Freitas got carted before by Slater, bang, four. <laughs> and this one, well, if England were to, well, I, this one was magnificent, wasn't it? The cover drive crash, first ball. I'm not sure we're going to remember that series via Crawley's cover drive, but it was a great moment. Yeah. I remember I, I texted one of my old colleagues saying, you know, one of the colour writers, I said, start writing down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I sure. Like, they didn't, I, I don't think. <laughs> uh, I don't know. If someone probably did, there's probably a couple of paragraphs down there. There'd be people desperate for that 100. <laughs> Annie, before we finish, let's talk about the opposition because we, we've got to give credit to Australia. Uh, Kawaja, who just seems, he comes across as a brilliant human being and, and he had that, in and out of the test side, and you thought for years, is he going to be that man who everyone? Because they thought he was when when kind of Ponting retired and they needed a number three. Everyone was talking about Kawaja having all the talent in the world, and he was in and he was out, and he would, mm. he would do something brilliant and then have a lean period. And to be honest, I think most people thought he was done. He'd had enough chances, um, but he came back in that last Ashes series. And I don't think anyone has scored more test runs since. And it's just lovely no, to see. Certainly, certainly seems to have cemented his place. Uh, and uh, obviously um, batted in uh, for every day of the test match, which is quite an achievement. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, just he's a lovely batsman to watch as well. And, I'm, you know, I'm really, really pleased that he's... Uh, doing so well um it was it was quite nice not to have to watch smith too much <laughs> well that's the worry we got hmm. smith and lavishay yeah. now t- cheaply in both innings that's right and still didn't win the game that's what worries me <laughs> yeah i just been and we also we al- yeah and we also i mean travis head has been fantastic and we made travis head look a bit of a you know, far more vulnerable than he's looked for a long time uh, he didn't look comfortable even though he got 50 in the first innings really so there were those pluses, but um, I think the Australians, it wouldn't surprise me if they don't um, give get Mitchell Stark in for Lords instead of Scott Boland, yeah. um, partly because they want to shuffle it around a bit and share the load. But Scott Boland was in there to, the England played him really well and very positively. Yeah. He, he was in there. didn't. To, yeah, yeah, he didn't play as well as he did in the... Uh, well, he batted, actually, he batted very well this morning. But yeah. he was there because he, I think they thought he gives us more control than Stark. But as it happened, because England was so proactive against him, he went, uh, 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 he gave away runs quite quickly. Stark tends to do that as well. He, But that's because he's he bowls an aggressive length. He bowls very full early on, looking to swing that ball. And he does go for four, but he can get wickets in little clusters if it all clicks. So I, I'd be, I would sort of half expect Australia to um, to bring in Stark maybe for for Bolland mm. at Lords, and they will have a you know the confidence will be boosted because they were losing that test for a lot of the time, but yes. they won it, and uh, you know it's going to be a challenge for England. But you know England are so positive that they'll they'll play the same way. I'm sure with more or less the same team. The other interesting thing, actually, and I don't know, Sam will know the answer to this because his finger is on the pulse. Oh, yeah. In the England, they may not play him, but I think they're going to have to pluck out another spinner from somewhere, possibly into the squad, because you can't guarantee Mo's going to be fit and you can't start 
mowing in a test match if you've got real doubts about whether his finger's going to work. And they've got to have that option. So I don't, I, but I struggle to tell you who, who they might play or pick as their, you know, potential specialist spinner. Um, because apart from... Ahmed. Yeah, well, there goes the old Cavalier. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, no. I don't think they will, but I don't, and I don't think I would. No. <laughs> I agree. I, I, I don't think I would play Rayan Ahmed as, as good as I think he's going to be. I think if I was Will Jacks in the last fortnight, I'd be pretty pissed off to uh, see someone who's shown no real interest in playing Red Bull cricket for the last couple of years get the nod ahead of me when I have made my test debut, done okay. And he certainly fits the mould, Jacks. He can play a number of different roles. I, d- I don't know if he's quite the bowler. Maybe he's something in between Joe Root and Moen Ali, if we were kind of ranking them in terms of where they're at. I think he's got the potential oh to be as good as Moen Ali. I mean, he's as a, as a logical there. And he got his six wickets at Royal Pindy and then played the next test and then was, you know, he looked vulnerable afterwards. But he's not a mainline spinner, is he? No. Um, and I actually, I mean, if if you're asking me at this moment, I think Root's a better off spinner than Root yeah, Jacks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I thought Root for a lot of the time, I'm surprised he was so late. He should have bought more in the first innings as well. Root's a, you he's know, he's bad, a, he? he knows what he's doing, Root. And he's obviously, so I, I think Root, if I had the choice between Root and Jacks as my off spinner, and I could only play one of them, hmm. I think I'd, I'd have root. The only thing you worry about is that he's got other 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 demands on him. Uh, I, think but, uh, I think you're right, though. It'd be really hard to play Ali because obviously one of his main things is to you take up overs and you know, and if he's not going to be able to bowl those overs, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. He's got to be properly fit. And I, mm. I mean, I love Mo and Ali. We all love Mo and Ali. Yeah. And as I say, I think he bowled pretty well in that first innings, even though the figures don't look great. But if his finger's not right. And you know that, you know, within 10 overs, it's going to be a real doubt again. It just doesn't work. So you've got to face the facts there. Do you say to him then, go away, rest it for seven, 10 days, let it heal, and then what, build up slowly with the hope of being available? Because when you were thinking, you did it. And it's probably because I I obviously didn't spin it vigorously enough. (laughs) But I never had... a problem at any stage with right. my index finger on my right hand no wrong fingers and i it was the correct finger <laughs> <laughs> uh, and i used to bowl i mean without wanting to go i used to bowl eight or nine hundred overs a year in the championship or whatever and mm-hmm. i don't ever remember having a problem with my finger uh, but i can't explain why and, and it might be because i didn't spin it hard enough i don't know <laughs> uh, but there you go um but poor mo is it's it's a perennial problem and i've I'm not sure. If I were them, it would take me a lot of convincing to think that Moen will be fit enough to last a five day test match, potentially bowling 40 odd overs. Much as, you know, there was a great romance about his comeback. We all like a bit of romance. (laughs) We we certainly do. Unfortunately, on this very early occasion, it it didn't go England's way. It was Australia who have the romantic story. I I think we wrap it up there. We've, of course, got four tests left to come. There is plenty of exciting cricket left to play. Vic, thank you so much for joining us this evening. My pleasure. And I'll I'll see you at Thornton. I expect you're going to Nottingham. You you will indeed. I'm up to the Women's Ashes Test match at Trowbridge. And then straight down to Taunton. Well, I shall 
hopefully see you both there all being well hopefully yeah yeah you will annie thank you very much this evening lovely to see you lovely to see you too thank you for having me and thank you very much for everyone for listening. We will be back after the second test. Bye-bye. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest. And as a matter of fact, it's time to get it off our chests. Cricket, 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 cricket.